Hey everybody, welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. I'm Jeff Antoniak, and today I wanna to get you playing slower than you can play. Sounds like kind of a crazy thing to say, but yeah, talking about how we practice. And now I've had this experience as a professional musician myself. I talk to my friends, serious high-end pros, touring, national touring pro kind of people, and they all say the same thing, is that we and our students practice too fast. It actually ends up being the opposite of practicing. We are drilling in all of our bad habits. You are what you eat, right? You are how you practice. So if you're playing something over and over again, wrong, messy, out of tune, raggedy, guess what? That's how you learn it. So this is a very, very important thing. It's gonna be a relatively short video, I think, just because that's it. You need to play, you need to practice slower. Here's the thing, almost nobody does it. So I'm putting my voice out there, uh, you know, my lone voice in the wilderness, um, and I'm going to uh, really implore you to uh, kind of do some of this stuff. So I've got a sheet here, and on the sheet you can see some ways to focus when you're practicing slower. It's not just a matter of playing slow, getting frustrated because you feel like you're getting nothing done and so you speed it back up to the tempo you are at. This, when we're practicing slowly, we should really be, it's, it's a dynamic process. We're playing something. Now here's an image I want you to be aware of. We play something, the sound goes out. That's how most of us do it. That ain't it. There's a lot more to the equation. There's a feedback loop. When you practice, your sound goes out. It bounces off the back wall or somebody's forehead or your dog or whatever it is, and it comes back. Hmm, okay, your sound comes back to you. Now it goes in your ear. Now here's an important thing. You need to hear yourself. You need to make some judgments about what you've heard. And then, are you gonna keep doing what you're doing or are you gonna change something? Ah, I'm gonna change something. I feel like I'm a little sharp on that note. Okay, adjust, play. The sound bounces off the back wall, comes back. Is it better? Is it worse? Adjust. And that goes on, I think, many, many times every second. That's what's going on. That's when you're walking down the street and you step on a little pebble. You don't lose your balance and fly off into the middle of the road, right? Your body adjusts. It does all those things a zillion times a second. So that's what I'm talking about. But for a lot of us, we're used to just cranking away, putting the sound out there, and we're not really thinking about what comes back. Now, as we play slower, we have more of an opportunity to be more conscious about it, actually be engaged with this process. It's so important. I've heard Michael Brecker talk about this. I've had conversations with my friend Jeff Coffin about this. Recently at Jazzwire, somebody put up a quote about James Moody talking about this. Every one of your monster technique heroes that you know that can play really fast talks about playing slow. Now, I love this idea of playing slower than you can play. I think Jeff and I were talking about this, and he may have used that phrase. Play slower. That's my advice to you. Now play slower than that. Now play ridiculously slow. So what Jeff told me is like, that is still far too fast. <laughs> play slower than you can imagine that is where the money is. What you see here are some things, an incomplete list, things to be thinking about. Thinking about the evenness of your tone, especially playing these wind instruments, it can be pretty uneven. Or when you're playing the cymbal on the drum set, you just change the angle of the stick 
A great cymbal can give you 30 different sounds. Well, I don't want to hear 30 different sounds because you're not thinking about it. I want to hear those sounds very, very specifically, right? So is your timbre, is your tone very even? Man, that is so hard to do on these instruments. The volume, the relative volume on the saxophone, when I play a low note, it's easy to bang that out too hard. Or there's some dead notes on the saxophone. You have to play with a real evenness. And this is one of the things that when people are coming into Jazzwire, that's one of the things I'm listening for. And we talk about when you and I work together at jazzwire.net. These, by the way, are some of the 15 elements that I'm thinking about. I get to know you're playing really well when you come to Jazzwire. It's not just something where I throw up some videos and you watch videos and that's that. No, no, no. You send me recordings of yourself and I send you a plan about your playing. Here's what I think you're, you could work on. Here's what I think you have going on pretty well. Here is where I think a great path for you would be. Then we work on that stuff together. A little aside about Jazzwire. So some of the other things to think about is you're practicing. Of course, even technique. We want to have even fingers. I can't tell you how many times people will, you know, call off a fast song. Let's play Donna Lee. Let's play Confirmation. Um, but, and they're sort of getting the notes and sort of getting the rhythms, but it's so uneven. It's, it doesn't have that professional sound. You need to slow down. You need to not worry about playing it at 290, or sorry, well, 290 would be pretty fast, right? Don't worry about a goal of 290 or 190 or whatever it is. How about slow it down to half tempo right now and get it really, really under your fingers. When it's under your fingers, to speed something up is so much easier. Related to that is playing with good time. Articulation is so important to give us great feel, to make something really swing or to have a really funky sound or whatever the style is we're going for. Playing in tune. And now a big one, number seven on the sheet, is like, do you actually know what you're playing in this moment? So for people that play instruments that have a pattern aspect to them, playing bass or playing guitar, it's easy to take a pattern and move it up and down but you're not actually aware of what key you're in. It's possible to do that, right? Start and see, oh, I'm moving up, I'm moving up, I'm moving up, I'm moving up, I'm moving down, moving down. Are you in A flat or are you in G? Oh, you're in G, great. Do you know where the third is that you just played? And they have to, they have to kind of look inside the pattern. No, no, no. So I'm suggesting to players of those instruments to really know the note you are playing. So there's so much to be done here. Now, what I did is uh, put an interesting little uh, etude or a, a great improvisation thing that, that a lot of us should be practicing. Now, I'm talking to the adult amateurs out there, right? And I know a lot of people, I know college professors watch this and high school band directors and uh, grad students and everybody else. So now, depending the level that you're at today, this may be a good exercise for you or not. But this is one of those sort of patterns for jazz sort of exercises. I just randomly picked it because it's something that I'm working on. I've been working on this for probably 30 years and I'm back to doing it. And I've been reminded to practice it slow. So all this is, you can see, is an ascending minor seven chord. One, flat three, five, flat seven. And that is ascending chromatically. So an ascending chord and then it's moving up in half steps. Such good technical stuff to do. The second thing on the sheet is that ascending chord, but now it's going down in half steps from C minor to B minor to B flat. The third example, I did it a little bit different. I did the descending chord 
ascending in half step. So I know the, the words can be a little tricky here, but we're just talking about the direction of my little line, my little lick, and then how I'm moving it through different keys. So this is challenging in any number of ways, but I'm suggesting even if this is something you could blast through on your guitar, do it slowly. So this is just an example. The point of the video today is how slow can you play? You're gonna discover some amazing things about your playing that you can fix that are gonna make your progress so much quicker. Let me play the first example. Now, as I was playing there, I've got a pretty good microphone here, but I hope it doesn't pick up too many of my mistakes. But um, when I got to that F concert, the very last low note of that F minor, uh, my tone wobbled. My reed's a little soft. It's not quite as stable as I want it to be. But you don't care if I have a soft reed or if I have reed problems. You're paying good money to hear me at whatever venue, right? You want the tone to be there. You want the evenness to be there. So that jump down, that's one of the difficult things of this little exercise. And again, this video isn't about this exercise, it's about playing slower. Can I play slower? And I'm reminded like, wow, when I start playing slower, I need to work on my air support. What I thought were even fingers maybe aren't. Let me try it again. <laughs> I want to do that again, that jump down to begin the second arpeggio. It didn't feel right to me, and I heard it in the room, it wasn't quite perfect. That felt stable to me. I made sure, you know, saxophone stuff, I made sure to really push through and to keep the back of my throat and my jaw sort of open and all this kind of stuff that allows me to play that big interval down. Practice slower than you can play. Now, I'm anxious to get this fast as blazes because next week I'm playing at one of the most famous jazz clubs in the United States. I'm playing at Blues Alley, CD release party for my new CD and the opening night of Maryland Summer Jazz. There's going to be a lot of people there, and I want to show off. Yet, I'm forcing myself to play slowly, to get in control of the instrument, to get my fingers really moving with precision. It's so hard to do, especially as we get anxious about all the songs we need to learn, and anxious about, um, about the tempos that we want to get to. Practice slower than you can play. Let me play an example of the second one and let's see what kind of trouble I can get into here. Okay, so that was the jacked up version. That's the tempo I want to be playing this at, much faster. But my fingers weren't there, my air, my support, all those things. So um, practicing harder, just knocking away at that tempo. I'm really going to get it at 220. I'm really going to get it, really going to get it. 
Where you're gonna get it is by slowing it down. Now that doesn't, does that mean play slower than you can play for the next year, for the next month, for the next week? No, I'm suggesting you do it a bit every day. I like the idea of going back and forth. Play incredibly slowly and then speed it up. So let me do that. I'll do three or four of these. So when I slowed things down, I realized the my, it sounded messy before. My fingers, it was the time wasn't good. My fingers wasn't, weren't good. But when I slowed it down, I realized the sticking point wasn't really my fingers. That was a byproduct. Wasn't really my time. I think that was a byproduct of the real issue, which was jumping from the fourth note down to the fifth note, from that B-flat concert down to that B. Wow, a descending major seven. You know, wind instruments don't like doing that. On piano, maybe less so, but now there's fingerings to think about. So there was a bit of a fingering thing of jumping down that major seventh, but it was more of an embouchure, air, technique on my instrument kind of thing that was going on. So when I slow down, I can analyze myself a little bit, bit better. You can give yourself a lesson a little bit more. So that's what I want you to be doing. And if you, and you know, if, if you find this minor seven uh, exercise interesting or useful or fun, I, it's something that I'm practicing a lot and developing it and using it in my soloing. I'm not the first one to do it, but um, I think it might be an interesting thing to practice extremely slowly and focus on that list. I would love for you to add to that list. And actually, I'd love to hear from you either on Facebook or on YouTube. Let me know what other elements might you focus on as you're doing this very, very slow practice. So I'm gonna challenge you to practice this way a little bit every day and see if you don't feel more in control and frankly sound more in control. If you practice everything fast and raggedy, you're gonna sound raggedy because that's what you're practicing, right? You need to hear yourself play in absolute control. And when you hear that, that gain, that builds your confidence, you speed things up, but you're speeding up in control. There isn't a more important lesson and every one of your heroes would agree with me on this. Don't practice just slow, practice slower than you can play. And this is something that came up at Jazzwire this week. So I'd love to work with you at Jazzwire. If you aren't aware of the code, use the code DIGGINGSPRING. And when you register for Jazzwire, when you come into Jazzwire, that saves you 50% on your registration. So now this is the type of thing, by the way, that I'm getting to work with people on. The big deal at Jazzwire is that people are posting little recordings of themselves, 20 seconds, 30 second recordings. And this is happening hundreds and hundreds of times a day, people from 25 different countries around the world. And that's how we work together. And that's how we're getting traction. And this idea of playing slower, slower, more deliberately has come up and people are making some incredible progress. So I'd love to work with you there. So that is my challenge. Play slower than you can play. You're gonna discover a lot.
I want to hear how it works for you. So please leave some comments. I will see you next time.